episode 21 of the Glass of Joe podcast. I am PJ Glasser alongside of greatness this week, Joe Malfo, getting a chance to Stop it. an MLS game. Look at him. He's bluffing. Stop it. Stop Look it. it. Uh, well, we got a great episode this week. Our good friend from the DC Sportsbook and Bet podcast, Travis Thomas, joins us. Talked a little bit of everything. Big George Bama game this week, which we'll get into. Lakers, which we'll get into as well. Baseball, talked a little bit everything. It was great. This is the biggest one we've had, I think, as far as news and newsworthiness. I mean, just a, a little quick bulletin, spark notes of everything we've got to cover. We've got NBA champion. We've got COVID outbreaks all over college football, in the NFL, schedule changes, Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs. We got LCS series going on. Uh, what am I missing? We've got a ton going. <laughs> it's just a loaded episode. Uh, it's Tons. Just, savor it. Because in you got the calendar over here. Anybody watching on YouTube over my right shoulder? We've got about three weeks until it's only football, which is not a bad thing. But just got to savor the madness for as long as we can, BJ. We got the Masters in a month, which is you know really I'm I'm start I'm starting to get the feel a little bit. They dropped the video today. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. And I'm like, oh yeah, I saw it. And they're starting to bring that uh, commercial back, the one when they sing Georgia. Oh yeah, Georgia. Oh, Joe, that's the best <laughs> twenty seconds of my day. Lakers, Joe, won the NBA title, as we both predicted. The Heat were able to get game five, but game six, that Lakers defense was suffocating. They, you could see they just did not want to take that to a game seven. They took care of business. LeBron wins his fourth title. Anthony Davis wins his first. But, uh, Joe, you know, we talked about a little bit last week that when LeBron ended up winning his fourth, that he closed the gap to Jordan. Of course, the comparisons would only keep growing. But, look, I mean, everybody compares the two. We just got to appreciate it. appreciate it. I mean, you know, we didn't get to see Jordan. We've gotten to see, luckily, Kobe. We've gotten to see LeBron. We've gotten to see Durant. We've gotten to see some great, great players. But what LeBron James can do on a basketball floor, the way that he can affect the game in so many ways is just, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. You could could go back and forth. You could argue it. You can point this out and this out and – uh, LeBron makes his teammates maybe better than Jordan did, and uh, LeBron shies away from tough shots. But also, LeBron has made 11 finals, even though Jordan only made six. But then again, Jordan left for a couple. Like, there's so much nuance to it. It started to rehash when we had the last dance on, and you could go through it all day. There's really, there's really no right answer. I'm on the Jordan side. If you say LeBron, you could be right too. I mean, there's it, it's. It's the only, is it the only sport, PJ, where there's even an argument? There's no argument in the NHL. It's Gretzky. Right. At this point, there's really no argument in the NFL. It's Brady. Right. Is, is there really an argument anymore for Trout? I mean, I, it's, I think it's just clearly Trout from the modern era. I mean, obviously, you can right. say Babe and whatnot going back. Yeah, is it the I only mean, sport where there's actually an argument now? It. I mean, yeah, Trout, I mean, you know, again, if Bonds didn't have the steroids, I think yeah. I mean, Trout would really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's the one that really picks up so many steam, so much steam. And it's the fact that those are the two guys, but then also people throw in Kareem. They throw yeah. in Kobe. They throw in Magic. So, you know, and, and it's just the fact that they go through so many eras yeah. I guess football after Brady would maybe be Jim Brown or Jerry Rice or Montana maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely the big debate because hockey's Gretzky. I mean, there's, there's, that's great. It's not even close. I mean, you, you take a minute <laughs> to Google not, Gretzky's yeah. stats and this guy, this guy had more, uh, assists in a season than people right. have points. It's right. ridiculous. <laughs> Golf. I mean, maybe Jack and Tiger, but then, then again, there are things you can't argue like Tiger's peak, what you cannot touch. Obviously Jack had the sustained success. He has the majors, Tiger, maybe he can get another one or two to close the gap that much. Maybe golf would be the only other one that's close yeah. to the basketball. But Jordan and LeBron, especially because of the global phenomenon of, of course. the two. Of course. I mean, that's and just to point out how absurd it is in the NHL, Wayne Gretzky had 1,963 assists, 2,857 points. If he never scored a goal in his entire NHL career, so just on those 1963 assists alone, second place all-time points is 1921, Yarmir Yager. So he has 42 more assists than the second closest player even has points. It's and not Yager needed to play 75 years to get all Exactly, that. exactly. <laughs> no, I'm with you. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, do you think, are the Lakers your favorite right now to repeat, would you say? There's... It's way too early to say because we know for a fact that the NBA offseason is sometimes more entertaining than the regular season. Not sometimes. It's usually more Very entertaining true. than the regular, regular season. Regular season, definitely. Yes. And this year, you're throwing all the possible conspiring of players and GMs locked in a bubble together for a couple months in there. We're going to be getting stories in December of, of which guy talked to which agent while playing ping pong and which yeah. it's going to be like a game of clue. It was, it was clutch sports representative. The guy with the glasses, at, curly it was, hair. Yeah, it, was, it was clutch sports representatives at the Coronado Springs hotel playing right. ping pong on the fourth floor that sprung the Bradley Beal to the Lakers trade. Like that's what it's going to be like. So it's way too early to tell knowing what we kind of know it's the Lakers are going to be the favorites again, but do not do not forget about the Golden State Warriors because the Golden State Warriors are fully healthy again this year. Splash Brothers, Draymond, top pick that they could trade for more assets. They have Wiggins, so they have a ton of talent. Uh, they are number three in the title odds behind the Lakers and the Clippers. I think it was 4-1, to 5-1, to one, and then 7-1 to one in that order. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, last I checked. So do not forget about the Warriors. Um, probably we'll have to say any team with LeBron is going to be the favorite, especially with Anthony Davis. There's going to be a whole new batch of ring chasers like Arajan Rondo who want to go there. So mm -hmm. you got to say the Lakers are the favorites. The question marks rise in the East. Will Giannis demand the trade? Are the Heat for real to come back? Uh, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers, Philly. the Doc Rivers. There's yeah. a lot of moving parts in the East. And after all, in all of that, we didn't even mention the dynamic duo of KD and Kyrie that we're actually going to get to see this year for the Nets. Very so true. there's a ton going on in the East. Don't even want to try to handicap that race yet. But overall, I think you probably agree, Lakers are the favorites, and everything yeah. else will start to come into clear focus once the wheels start turning in the offseason. We already saw Daryl Morey step down today. So yeah. it's just going to snowball from here on out. Two quick questions for you. Over, under, two and a half uh, – one and a half more titles for LeBron and more likely scenario to happen, Beal to the Lakers or Giannis to the Heat? 
So be to the Lakers this year. Down the road, Giannis to the Heat, because he's not a free agent until after next year. So I don't know that the Heat I don't know if the Heat are gonna risk trading anything for him. The Heat have nothing to gain by trading for him now, honestly. Right. No, you because, wait for free agency. Yeah, because if you trade him, you're probably giving up some of the great young assets that make you an attractive place to be. So if all of a sudden I don't know what the terms of the trade would be, but if all of a sudden you turn around and you you have to trade Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn as part of that deal, well, then there's not much attractiveness about Giannis going to the Heat because all the pieces you want to see him play with are gone. So uh, in the more immediate future, Beal, I think he's almost certainly going to get traded this offseason. Down the road, definitely, I think, Giannis to the Heat. It it seems like a no-brainer at this point in free agency in 2020. God, I hope he doesn't leave Milwaukee. Me either. I, I, I... I would like for the NBA to start seeing stars stay in these smaller markets. It's a problem they've created for themselves with the Supermax, but that loophole where you can do a side and trade and just knowing that the rings and the sponsorships are all going to come in a bigger market. The deck, the deck is the deck, the deck. There we go. The deck is stacked against the smaller market teams. I got Dak Prescott on my mind. One of the bullet points that we didn't mention we'll get before. We'll get there too. There's too much going on. But uh, the deck is stacked against small market teams. Would love to see him stay there, but odds are he's going to end up. And LeBron, one somewhere. and a half, over under. I was, I was trying to delay that one. <laughs> tough one. I think he'll get one more as the star. I think that's an important qualifier here. I think he'll get one more as the star of a team. Now, you know damn well with how well he keeps his body in shape and how much he wants to play with Bronny when Bronny enters the league that he will wait until Bronny is on a team. He will probably sign with that team. That team will try to build up. And LeBron could win a title as a secondary or tertiary option. So I think under, if the question is how many more where he's the guy, but I do think he'll get two more. I I would say over – in terms of the overall, I think he'll get one more as he transitions into ring chaser like an Andre Iguodala, Rajon Rondo, with Bronny coming into the league. So one more as a star, two more total. I think he ends up tied with Jordan. Because I think once he gets once he gets six, I think he'll just walk off. He's oh, not going to push for be. seven. <laughs> He's not going to push for seven because yeah. people will say, oh, it was at the end of your career. You weren't the guy anymore. Right. And that's going to be a strike against him. So I think he'll walk out with exactly six and just drop the mic. Me and Jordan are tied. That would and now be it's, yeah, fantastic. Um, all right. We got a big college football game this week. Georgia, Alabama. Joe, I'm sitting on my couch last night, you know, just on Twitter watching TV. I see on ESPN that there's a breaking news ticker notification that comes on. It says, Alabama head coach Nick Saban test positive for coronavirus. I'm like, oh, within minutes. My phone is just bombarded with texts. Um, it was shocking. You know, we what actually your, what what was your initial in the moment human reaction to it? Did did your mind and I'm gonna put you on the spot here, maybe maybe make you look out make you out to be a, a total a terrible person. Douche, but yes. was your first reaction, oh my god, I hope Nick Saban's okay. It was or was it or was your first reaction, oh my god, we're playing Georgia this week? <laughs> Both. But first, first it was I hope he's okay because he's pushing 70. So, and you know what else crossed my mind was how we had talked about this scenario. When we were talking yes. about college football coming back. Sadly, I was yes. Like, 
the kids don't get sick and there's no risk for them. And that's true. But people like Nick Saban could get it. I don't remember what episode number it was, but you but literally we said those exact words. I you did. said those exact words. What if Nick Saban gets it? And, and not only are. does he get it, he gets it during the biggest game of the entire season. Um, look, I'm glad he's asymptomatic so far. Hopefully that continues. He seems like he's doing okay. There are reports that he somehow could be on the sideline for Saturday. I don't see, I don't how, see that how that happens. That's possible. But we'll, we'll see. Um, but I yeah. think the most likely scenario is remember last year when Hugh Freeze coached from a hospital bed <laughs> yes. in the press box that he had right. put in there. I could see them just like taking a, a total press yeah. box suite. Nick Saban, you're just staying in here for 12 hours today. Nobody's coming in or out. You got all the Dr. Pepper you could want. You got all the oatmeal, uh, little Debbie oatmeal cream pies right. you could want that he's every day for breakfast, according to legend. And you just stay in here. You got a headset and that's it. Joe, here's what I want. I want a visual of CBS of the actual game with Brad Nessler and Gary Daniels, so calling it. And then in the lower right-hand corner, I want the saving cam from his home. <laughs> Watching the game, getting the feed. Um, that'd be interesting. Look, I'll just give you my thoughts on the game before the saving news and what had happened. Bama has been not very good as when they're a under a touchdown favorite at home under Saban. They've been – the last five times, they've lost four times straight up, obviously including LSU last year. I do think, though, that Georgia is a good matchup for their defense. I'm still not sure whether the offense can score points on Georgia just because Kirby has had their number in the past with whatever quarterback has started. Bryce Young, I hope you're ready because the backups have been important in this football game. I do think Matt Jones is the real deal, though. But Bama defenses the past couple of years have struggled with teams like Auburn and Clemson and Ole Miss, teams that run up-tempo and motion and all this eye candy and razzle-dazzle stuff. Georgia doesn't do that. Their offense is very vanilla. They try to smash you in the mouth, run, two tight end sets, a quarterback that's just a game manager. LSU tried that philosophy for eight years, and they lost all eight times. Bama's defense was very dominant all those times, but still enough, I think, the way they played last week, the fact that this game is at home, the fact that they know how much everybody's talking about how they suck, I think that's going to help them a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think Georgia can win this game. As you'll see in the interview, I tell Travis Thomas, I think Georgia first half would be my bet if I had to make a bet in this game because I, thought, I think they'll start strong. But Joe, at the end of this day, at the end of the day, this game comes to down to how much I think of Mac Jones. I truly believe that he's the second best quarterback Nick Saban has had since he's been in Alabama. Two is one, obviously, but Mac's two. I take him over McCarron. I take him over Jalen Hurts. Take him over Jay Coker, whoever the hell you want to put at three, four, five. But Mac's the real deal. And what makes this matchup so interesting, and what makes Bama's offense so interesting, when Jalen Hurts was there. They were a run-first offense, obviously, because of Jalen's legs. When Tua was there, they were a pass-first offense because of all of the receiving weapons and because of Tua's ability to throw. With Mac Jones, they're a really balanced football team. You have Najee Harris back there, him and ETN, one, two best running backs in the country. They arguably have the best offensive line. And then he has two first-round receivers that he's thrown to with Waddle and Smith. So that's going to be key because Kirby has been able to – sell out on the run against Jalen and play for the pass against Tua. 
but against this Bama offense, what are you going to do? So that's what I'm really interested to see is what's Bama's game plan on offense, whether they go with the run or whether they unleash Mac and try to throw the ball. And to me, that will be what uh, ends up being the deciding factor. And then the other game that was supposed to be the feature in the SEC was Florida and LSU this week. Lost its luster because LSU hasn't been great and then lost from the schedule entirely until December 12th because of COVID. This yeah. came days after uh, Damn Mullen wanted. Florida wanted a full stadium at the swap, which to his credit, he came out and apologized for making that comment, uh, realizing that it probably wasn't the wisest. But we touched on Bama, Georgia. We touched on uh, COVID in college football and plenty more with our guest for the episode, our dear friend, Remy Sports Washington in the past, and now his new endeavors in the podcasting sphere like us. Travis Thomas, we hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you will. He's a hoot. And, uh, and we've got a lot to unwrap yeah. after we get out of the interview because, again, we recorded this already. It was a lot of fun. You'll see. Just, just here's the interview. Here's the interview. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Pleased to be joined this week by co-host of DC Sportsbook and Bet Podcast and our good friend, Travis Thomas. Travis, Hell yeah. I looked at the calendar today, and I know time means nothing in the year 2020, right? And I could not believe that it has been nine months since I've seen you. It's, uh, it was the end of January that I left, that I went away, and it's October already. It's been nine months. It's hard to believe, but it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. And, and look, you know, I've texted this to PJ. He already knows this. But I told him I was honored to be on this podcast for a few reasons. First of all, PJ knows this because I tell him every chance I get, but I think the world of him – uh, the way you look at sports from an analytical standpoint, the way you can read and react to different numbers and standings and stats and rankings, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like nothing I've ever seen personally. Appreciate that, Trevor. Uh, and Joe, for you, um, what you're doing is remarkable. To be able to call an MLS game at your age, at this stage in your career, I just, I, I think you appreciate it, but I want you to know there are people in this business that spend a career, a lifetime, trying to get that and may never achieve it. And for you to be where you're at now, I think is a testament not only to your talent, but to your hard work. So I'm, I'm a big fan of you guys' show, and it's an honor to be here. Trav, I don't know what to say to that. that was, I mean, should we just stop that? the that interview was... right there? I can't get any better than that. So that's I awesome. appreciate that. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I hope there's more to come, and that's all I can really say about that i don't know how to handle it when people talk about me like that it's always i always feel weird i'm like i don't know I, talk about something talk about something else <laughs> Trav, i mean we're really honored to have that. you on the show you know joe and i got a chance to work with you at nbc so just be able to see you again and talk some sports with you really we're looking forward to this next 30 35 minutes picking your brain let's do it of course so let's have get into it there's been a lot of news this week and we got a lot to cover but first and foremost lakers won the title thoughts on that uh, predictable. I mean, look, I, I tried every which way as a better to bet against them. I just, I never bought in. I, I thought the roster was too Cleveland Cavalier West. I thought it was LeBron and AD and a bunch of bubble gum, right? Uh, I wasn't buying Kuzma. I wasn't buying this, re, you know, reinvigorated Rondo. I certainly wasn't buying the coach. And I was absolutely wrong about all of it. Uh, I, look, I grew up in the Jordan era. Um, and I grew up a Knicks fan, if you can believe it. So, I, I mean, I've watched Michael Jordan stick it to my entire childhood. But I, I, 
LeBron's not – I'm not willing to say he's better or greater, but my God, it's much closer than, it, it, than people are giving it credence to. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. I, I, to win a title in Cleveland with himself, Kyrie, and bubblegum, and to then do it here in L.A., we know what Miami was, but still, he got two rings, did he not? You can't take it from him. Uh, I mean, the guy's incredible. But it was predictable, even though I tried to bet against him. I sold myself on Houston. I sold myself on Boston at one point. Then I actually thought Miami could maybe give – look, the guy, he, he's greatness personified, and uh, I got to just shut my mouth and give him his credit where it's due. Absolutely. Like he said, like he said in his interview on stage, it's about time he gets his damn respect too. And he's earned it. I mean, there's nothing else you can Everywhere do. Everywhere he goes, he wins the title. That's it. I mean, it's, That's it. It's impressive. That's it. And now and he may not be done. He may I, not gonna, be, I was just going to say, he might not be done. So look yeah. at the next year. Look at the next year. Do you look at them as the same favorite to come out of the West? And then on the flip side of that, what do you think about the Heat possibly coming out of the East again? Well, look, the Lakers are going to be the favorites as long as LeBron is there. So that's not going to change. Uh, the Heat, sure. I, I mean, they could. I, I think both of them, I would say, are attractive and always have been attractive free agent destinations or you know, in the NBA nowadays, you almost have to say free agents or guys that demand trades, right? Um, so why why couldn't both of them? I still I'm I'm a big Boston guy. I just feel like they're so close. Somebody on the roster needs to take the next step and become that killer. Is it Tatum? Is it Brown? Is it Kemba? I don't know. Do they not have the guy? Uh, maybe it's Brad Stevens. I mean, can he go to another level coaching like we see Spolstra, right? I, I, Something's missing there in Boston, but they are damn close. I hope they don't blow it up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think LeBron is going to get another piece. And, you know, in this town, uh, we don't want to hear it, but, but yeah. LeBron's been hot for Bradley Beal for a long time. If they can figure that out, watch out. He might get two or three more. True. That's not out of the question. And it'd be fun to watch. I know uh, if he gets five, that following year when he begins his chase for six, that Jordan six, that's going to be one of the most highly anticipated seasons uh, of all time when he finally has six in his sights. It's going to be like if Tiger ever gets to, to the brink of the record. It was going to be like uh, when Federer initially got to the brink of the record, now Djokovic and Nadal are later. But it's going to be – it's like Serena now on the brink of the record. That's what it's going to be if he gets five. So there's a lot of drama in store going forward. Trav, we got a little football game down in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. I mean, you know, we were all ready to talk to you about the game and preview it and all that. We will do that momentarily. But real quick, Saban, if he isn't on the sideline, how huge is that? Does that sway you from picking against It Vegas? swayed the line two points. It went yeah. from six to four. So we know I, that Nick Saban is worth two points in Vegas now. I'm shocked that that game's still on the board, to be honest. Um, look – I was all prepared to talk about how Kirby Smart, this is a spot to beat Saban. You know he doesn't get many. And I, I just felt like this year was the year to get him. And then Saban, you know, comes down with COVID, and, and I hope he's okay. And it certainly sounds like he's fine. But I, I just – it kind of spoils it for me. Honestly, guys, you know, we could speak candidly because we're boys. This whole college football – season and PJ knows I'm a huge college football guy from opening weekend you know not having the same juice because half of the <laughs> conferences weren't even playing college game day doesn't even hit the same for me without the crowd I mean yeah it's it's 
this, the Nick Saban thing, aside from wanting him to be healthy, it just is like, it's just par for the course. And Joe, you mentioned, I mean, 2020, right? But it's yeah. just specifically the college football season. It just dampers a matchup for me. And it's such a big game, and it should be. And I wanted Kirby Smart against Nick Saban, and I, I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think Nick Saban's going to be on the sidelines. It's just, just my prediction. Yeah. I think Georgia wins the game. I do. I think Georgia wins the game. PJ calls me money line, Trav. I'm betting Georgia <laughs> money line this Hey, week. you had LSU last year, and you were all over it. I so. did. And that was, if you remember, PJ, that was gut. That was – now, some of that was – that was a special LSU team. Yes. And we all could see that. Um, I don't necessarily think this is a special Georgia team. Right. This year is more of an indictment that I don't think this is the same Alabama. PJ would know more than me, but it doesn't feel to me like the same Alabama team that we've seen with the Tua's of the world and some of those great running backs. Uh, Derrick Henry, who's I think Josh Norman is still in the air from that <laughs> stiff arm the other night. Um, I just feel like it's – Kirby Smart needs this a little more, but with Saban out, even if he wins it, it's soured a bit. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. To me, what's so interesting about if they do reschedule this game, we saw Florida and LSU, which was supposed to happen this week, is now December 12th. So if this game also gets pushed to December 12th, you could be looking at Bama, Georgia, possibly back-to-back in the game in Tuscaloosa and then in the SEC title game. So that's why I think they're doing everything to put the game this week. I'm not betting the game. I'm not touching it. If oh, yeah. I were to play anything in the game, I think I'd take Georgia first half. The, the two times that they meet, Kirby's game plan for the starting quarterback, whether it's been Tua or it's been Jalen, has been tremendous. He shut mm-hmm. them down. He's completely taken their offense out of the – much like what Belichick does to Mahomes in the first half. And then they go to the locker room. They make the adjustments. But I think first half, Georgia, even if Sabe was on the sideline, now that he's not there, I really think that's a good play. But I'm not, I'm not touching this game. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the world of Mac Jones. I really do. I think he's the second-best quarterback Sabe has makes had one of us. been at Bama. <laughs> I think one of us. <laughs> I don't think so either, Trev. <laughs> I think Mac is really, really good. Um, but I'm just, I'm just excited to – My biggest question for the game is if it's played – and if Georgia wins, does that technically count as a strike against Saban's perfect record against former assistants, or no, because he's on the sideline? I would say no. Yeah. I would say still no. Saban's team, but he, it's, it's still his team, but he didn't coach the game, so I would say no. To yeah. me, also an important thing, Trav, is how does the committee view this game if Bama loses and Saban's not on the sideline? And he's not making a tackle. He's not throwing a pass. He's not rushing the ball. And he's already worth two points in Vegas' eyes. So if Georgia wins the game, how does the community view that down the road? Well, two things. First of all, I think it would be less an an indictment on Saban because his legacy is already set, okay? So to me, it's more about Kirby Smart uh, if he wins. But it would be an asterisk of, well, Saban wasn't on the sideline, okay? So they would – they would take away from Kirby, even though it would be a huge win for him. And then as far as the committee, I think that's a good point. But I would say this. <laughs> I think there's a smaller sample size this year uh, by default because a lot of teams haven't played half the season. So yeah. I, I think in past years you would have an absolute blowout point. But this year 
there's going to be slimmer pickings anyway. So there, I, I mean, Alabama's going to be fine if they do lose. And I think it also, we all know, depends on how they lose. Look, if they get ran out of the joint, uh, that says a lot more than if they lose by a field goal late. Yeah, I agree. Now, are you putting the winner of this game, if Georgia looks impressive, if Bama looks impressive, do you automatically put them over Clemson? Or because of Lawrence and ETN there, are they still your top team? You know, it's too early for me to say I would automatically do anything. In general, you know I'm an SEC guy. I always do. Mm-hmm. And then Clemson has proven me wrong once. I mean, they, they won the national title, and they smoked Bama. So I respect, right? Um, but you got to earn it. But year in, year out, I'm going to always, always put my chips on the SEC table. Always. And this year's really no different. I Look, Clemson, to me, I think losing – last year uh, was perfect for them to set up for this year. Mm. Trevor Lawrence coming back, being a, what he's done for social justice in our country. I have been so impressed with him, the person. Mm-hmm. I always loved him, the football player. It's easy to love. But now I'm really actually seeing the leadership stuff Dabo and the rest of that uh, program talks about. So I, I would love to see Clemson actually win it. I'm kind of rooting for them, to be honest with you, even though I'm an SEC guy. Uh, I just think it would be an incredible story. But to answer your question, yes, I'm always going to put SEC over the ACC. I don't give a damn what team it is. And now quick on this one, because uh, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about these teams because I'm just very down on these teams this year. But bigger disappointment so far in your eyes, LSU or Texas? Oh, that's a tough one. I'll go Texas. Even though, you know, LSU has just pooped the bed. But Texas had higher expectations. LSU has a standard. Mm. Okay, so if you're below standard, but you're coming off a title, it happens. You could say it's a national championship hangover. You could say Joe Burrow left. You could say all that stuff. You could use the COVID stuff for them, too, quite frankly. Uh, They were one of the first teams hit, and they were hit hard, if you remember. Texas had expectations. And when you have expectations, it's different. This was do or die time for Herman. It's not going well. They have a quarterback. Like, what's the problem? They can't stop anybody. They, 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 to me, are the bigger disappointment because of the expectation level, including myself. I had them in the playoff last year, and then when they didn't make it, I was like, well, they better do something this year, and they look worse. They do. So, no, he, I, I actually think his seat is hotter than lava. And now this – Next topic, I think it's asinine that the Big Ten is playing football. It seemed like they made the right decision at the beginning, saying they're not going to play. And now here we are, cancellations and outbreaks left and right. And it's like, oh, we're starting next week in the middle of all this. But be that as it may, they are starting. So we got to preview it. Starts next week to playing an eight-game schedule. Pac-12 starts uh, in November playing a six-game schedule. If that even happens, do you think – if either conference has an undefeated team, that they'll automatically get in over a one-loss SEC, ACC, or Big 12 team, even if they haven't played as many games. I guess you could almost throw the Big 12 out because the Big 12's already cannibalized itself uh, into oblivion where yeah, nobody done. has a chance. So really just SEC, ACC, undefeated from the Big 10 or Pac-12, would they get in over a one-loss team even though they've played so many fewer games? Pac-12, no, because Pac-12 – so really the question is Big Ten. I, look, can you ever keep Ohio State out? And if you do, 
those fans are so obnoxious. You wish you let them in. I, you know, again, it depends on circumstances. I, I'll say this. Um, even though Ohio State fans are annoying if they're unbeaten and they don't get in, if and I have a futures on this, so maybe I'm biased. <laughs> Penn State, guys, they are so close. They are so, so close. Um, they're right there. They're knocking on the door, and it's just a matter of time. I'm not buying Ryan Day. I still think, you know, sometimes when you take over for a legend coach and you still have their program, Yes. And, and that guy wins. He's still winning with Urban Meyer's players. Sure. Give it time. I'm telling you, it's like the stock market. It's a great point. It was less miles with Sadie's yes. at LSU. Yeah. Same thing. Exactly. Right. Their, their stock soon is going to drop. And Penn State has been rising. And it's right there. Franklin is ready. I personally think he's a quarterback away. Uh, but Penn State's right there. I have a future on them to win the Big Ten before all this madness, so who the hell knows what's going to happen. But I'll say this. If Penn State goes unbeaten, beats Ohio State, beats Michigan, uh, boy, wouldn't they have a case? I I I agree. I think if if any of those – if any of – Michigan probably doesn't do it. Michigan struggles. But if any of those three teams, Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, are on the table, I would put them in especially yes. just because of the strike the schedule they're going to have. You figure they're going to have to beat a Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. So that's what I'd probably go with. I think, too, from those conferences, it almost has to be a school with a brand name. Like, if it's the Pac-12, I can't see anybody outside of USC or Oregon. Exactly. If Oregon State is 6-0, and I just think the committee will be like, we can't. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Trav, NFL now, um, you know, we kind of – it looked like the Chiefs, Packers – Seahawks were really head and shoulders above every other team. Chiefs lost at home last week to Vegas. Seahawks were fortunate to win against Minnesota. Packers are on a bye. They got Tampa Bay this week. Who do you see right now as the best team in the NFL? Oh, well, look, it's so hard to put it down to one. Those teams you named obviously are there. I'm going to tell you something. There's a team you didn't name, and there's a team no one's talking about. And you look at the record, and we look at them the other night, and, and I made a joke about a stiff arm. Those freaking Titans You're right. are so physical. They're such a throwback team. We just don't see teams like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's why they don't really get the props. If you think about it, they snuck up on everyone last year. They didn't get the props. They ended up in the AFC title game. I mean, this, this freaking Titans team, man. Vrabel's a great coach. Their great running coach. back's ridiculous. Tannehill is slightly above the game manager at this once point. You leave, oh, at this once you point. leave Adam Gase, you, you, <laughs> your stock goes through the roof. <laughs> I mean, um, their receivers are big physical run blocking, pass catchers. They don't have any speedsters. They just – they bludgeon you. I mean, they – I don't know what else to say. They bludgeon you to death. They, their defense hits you hard. They are a throwback team. And that, to me – am I willing to say they're better than the Chiefs or – I'll give you another sneaky one. Without Brady, they don't get the press. That freaking Patriots team's pretty good, too. Um, the playoffs in the AFC are going to be really compelling, but yes. I just want to give some respect to the Titans. And I think Fair the enough. Titans that you mentioned, they, were, they remind me, bias, of course, they remind me of my 2009-2010 Jets with Rex Ryan where they just played smash foul defense. Yes. They ran the ball down your throat. Yep. Mark Sanchez for the butt fumble and the jokes. Those two years, he was good when he had to be. And I think Tannehill's just a much better version of that 
where he's good when he has to be. They rely on Henry, but he does make the elite plays when he has to. That's a that's a fantastic comparison. I would say not only is Tannehill a little better than Sanchez, I would also say Brable's a better coach than Ryan. Yes. No yes. question. The defense of the Jets was better than the Titans' defense, but the Titans' defense is strong as well. Agreed. Trav, over to the NFC East now. What happened to Dak was awful. We hope he's okay. I thought it was great news that it's only four to six months. That injury, when we saw it, I mean, that looked like it could have been nine to 12. Now, the division, it was already going to be up for grabs while Dak was healthy. Now that Dalton takes over, two-part question, are the Cowboys still your favorite to win the East? And over-under number of wins that you think the division winner will get seven and a half? Oh, God. Look, yes, for the first answer. I actually, I bet a good buddy of mine um, who swears, he's not even an Eagles fan. It's kind of weird that he feels so adamant. But he's like, I'm telling you, the Eagles are going to go on a run and win the division. I'm like, dude, the Eagles stink. And they're going to get smoked by the Ravens this weekend. What are you talking about? And so we bet a bottle of Crown Royal that uh, he picked the Eagles and Carson Wentz. I picked Andy Dalton, who is – the quintessential game manager in the Cowboys to go ahead and get it done. So yes, I think they win the division. They have enough talent. Andy Dalton doesn't throw games away. He just manages them. That's what they need. They need to run the ball. They're going to win the division. Uh, Gosh, the over under look, they're going to win. That's a seven, eight win. I'll go eight and eight. It's eight. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree with you. I I thought that (laughs) as soon as they signed him, I know that he signed there because he didn't want to have to move during a pandemic and he's from there. But I said, God forbid Dak ever went down. That is the perfect guy. I mean, think of what he did those years with A.J. Green. And you've got those that trio of receivers with Zeke. The offensive line is a bit a bit porous, but he is the perfect. If you could look around the whole league and pick one backup quarterback to be on the Dallas Cowboys, it was Andy Dalton. So I still think they're the, they're the team to be in the division. But regardless now, switching to – uh, the lesser teams in the NFC East and some other teams, Giants, Washington football team, the New York Jets, the Falcons, regardless of who gets the number one pick, is there any question? And I think I know your answer to this based on what you already said. Is there any question that that's Trevor Lawrence? No, barring an Not- injury, obviously, you know, we don't wish that on anyone. But, I mean, we've seen some crazy crap in football over the mm-hmm. years, right? So if this guy goes down hard – uh, and is this, it's a significant injury, you know, I, could I see a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance? Sure. Right. Uh, or whoever else emerges. Um, but barring an injury, no, I don't. In fact, I see teams moving heaven and earth to either try and trade up or to tank, or, uh, I actually read an article today about a conspiracy theory that Atlanta is going to go hard after Lincoln Riley and try to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's just, it's going to be nuts. Um, I have not personally seen a prospect this polished is the right word uh, since I remember thinking Andrew Luck was can't miss. Uh, I remember thinking Cam Newton was can't miss. This guy's right there to me. I mean, I, I he's the number one pick. I, even if it's the damn Jets, uh, Joe, you'll love this. I was just going to say, I was going to say, the only, the only wrench I could see thrown into this is if my Jets get the number one pick. You know who one of Trevor Lawrence's biggest confidants is, and that is Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning was the no doubt about it number one pick that year. The Jets had the number one pick, and he went back to school because he wanted to avoid the Jets. So yeah. it won't happen. Not in this day and age. Peyton Manning's 
Peyton Manning's way more douchey. <laughs> and we just talked about, you know, the kind of guy Trevor Lawrence is. Let me he tell you something. Do it. He's going to go wherever has that first pick. And you know what? He's going to turn him around. I believe it. Well, here's hoping it's the Jets. I love Sam Donald still, by the way. And whether he goes to the Niners, Steelers, or Colts, he's going to tear it up. Uh, but if it's Trevor Lawrence there, it's a no-brainer for the Jets. Uh, quick baseball question for you here. Uh, just because I'm sitting here, if you see me glancing away, I'm glancing at uh, currently bottom seven Astros Rays on the TV here. Are you a Yankee uh, guy? I'm not. I'm a Mets guy. So we're, we're okay. about to become the Yankees with the deep pockets of Stephen Cohen. So Arrow's pointing up for the Mets too. But um, Yeah, it didn't work out for the Yankees this year. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. But uh, what World Series matchup uh, do you think we'll get? And who do you think wins it all? As it currently sits, at, as we're talking at 7.54.36 on Thursday night, and it's 3-2 Astros, bottom seven, and the Dodgers and Braves are about to play. Well, you guys know, and PJ knows this about me, it always comes down to the futures. Uh, I have a Dodgers ticket. It's my third straight year having a Dodgers ticket. Um, I'm going back to the well on it. So my World Series is already ruined. I want a Dodgers-Yankees. Um, I'll take a, you know, I'll take a Dodger-Astro without the Astros cheating and see how that goes. But I, the way it's looking, I mean, I, I don't see anyone beating the Rays. I still think the Braves will figure out how to choke it. So I think we're going to end up uh, with probably a Dodger-Ray World Series. Um, but real quick, and I know we're not talking this, but PJ has to hear this story. PJ, I yeah. took a Futures 20-1 to 1 on the Dallas Stars to win the Stanley Cup, and I got it in July, bro. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the hurt Ooh. that I went through? Can you imagine? Oh, Do you hedge it? No, I don't hedge. Was the hurt <laughs> worse or was the excitement greater when you knew they were going to the cup? The hurt because I'm so hurt. confident I thought they were going to win the cup. Trav, but don't you remember? You could have been Joe and I have talked. Yeah. You said Joe Tampa. I you said have, Tampa. We did. And Joe and, and I talked about the Virginia comparison and we were all over that. And, and I, I agreed I, with you. I agree with you, PJ. The, the issue was I didn't like the odds. That's fair. What were they, like four to one, three to one? Yes. You know what I should have did in hindsight? And this has burned me several times. I still haven't learned. I have, I'm so good at picking conference winners, but I never bet conference. I always bet the title. Yeah. True. Conference. True. I, uh, I, I, I went, uh, as soon as the Dodgers went down 2-0 against the Braves, after I saw them have that four run ninth inning where it seemed like the bats woke up, I actually jumped right on and I got them at plus 400 to win the world series. There you when go. When they went down 2-0 in the series. So I got to that. Stars was a, I mean, that's a series. great handy. Would you see it? You just like the talent, the potential? You just yeah, saw all that. I'm, I'm really good at hockey. Uh, actually, hockey and baseball futures are my best two sports rando. I don't, right. I just have a good eye. I just, um, I know what works in hockey. And, and then I know in the playoffs, it's the puck bounce. Like, it's, mm. it's so luck in playoffs. Right. So I pick a team that has a – playoff formula to them and what I liked about the stars they had the star power they had intended I'm sure <laughs> yep they had, yeah they had a decent defense they're well coached the goaltending was a little sketchy um but it but to my what I'm saying my theory in the playoffs goaltending can get hot and so that's what I was banking on and it and their goaltending played really well they did and you know look Tampa's just what you called PJ it was like destiny you know it, it was, and who knows, it might be the year of Tampa. They might have the Rays and then maybe the Bucks down the line. Who knows? So uh, 
Trav, we do two segments with all our guests to end, the Swift 7 and the trivia question for you. Real quick, before we get to the Swift 7, you have your own betting podcast with Michael Jenkins. You guys break down all the games. Do you have a favorite NFL and college bet of the week? Well, my college, I'm still going money line with Georgia. Okay. Uh, it's just soured for me like the whole season has been. But I, I will obviously watch the game if it's played, and, and uh, I'll be – <laughs> Sorry, PJ, rooting for, <laughs> rooting for Georgia. Understood. Hey, if it's plus money, I mean, you got to. That's you know good... me, money line trap. That's right. I'm going Panthers minus one and a half against the Bears. To me, the Bears are the worst four and one football yes. team I've ever seen in my life. I'm not buying it. Uh, Nick Foles is cool, but I, I'm just not. I'm not believing that's a five and one football team, and the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater and the gang are playing better. Matt Rule's got those guys rolling. They're oh, at yeah. home. Without uh, McCaffrey. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and all I have to lay is one and a half. I'm going Panthers. I like it. Um, all right, Trav, Swift 7 time. Question number one, what is your favorite sporting event that you've been to? Oh, I'm not a big go-do sporting event. So I, here's – I'll say this. My, my career, I've been lucky, like – I got a full-time job in sports as a junior in college, if you can believe that. You guys don't have enough time to hear that story. But um, so I've been covering sports now for 15 years. I'm not, I'm not an old guy. I've just got in it really young. Mm -hmm. And so uh, going to them is like work for me. It's, it's, I don't get a rush. Right. I get more of a rush watching sports. True. So uh, my favorite thing to watch is the Super Bowl and a big uh, boxing match or UFC fight. I'm a big combat sports guy. Nice. Uh, favorite athlete of all time? Favorite athlete of all time. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Ty. Okay. Favorite restaurant to eat at in the DMV? Favorite restaurant to eat at in the DMV. I don't know if I really – I'm kind of simple. I go to, like, chains. I like, like, Fogo to Chow. That's oh, not the most oh, – No, that's a great answer. But I was not a DC answer. Right, no, no, it's a chain. That's fair. It's probably been, like, six months since any of us have even been to a restaurant anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I'm ready for the meat sweats again. <laughs> that's funny. Um, and then what's your favorite sporting event to bet? Is it March Madness? Is it bowl season? Is it NFL Sunday? What's your favorite, what's your favorite event? Any. All, all the right. above. Well, all the dangerous above. answer. That works. <laughs> all right. Now, piggybacking off of that, question number five, favorite type of bet to place? Futures, money line, parlay. What's your favorite type of bet to place? Also, all the above. I, I will say I'm, I'm probably better at football, and I'm, um, I'm really good at, at futures for baseball and hockey, as I mentioned. All right. Favorite moment from the NBA playoff bubble? I, uh, just the fact that they were playing. I didn't have a favorite moment. I wasn't really – I I can't get into it. I need the fans, honestly. I, I didn't realize how much I missed fans until I didn't have them and I had that virtual screen. I mean, I was just happy to have basketball. I didn't have a moment. And last, number seven, favorite sports movie. Oh, that's a great one. Okay, so you guys are young, so you're going to have to hit Google after this. <laughs> There's a movie called The Program from the 90s. And it is the greatest sports movie ever made that no one ever talks about. I've never super, heard of it. Oh, that's why I say yeah. you're going to have to hit yeah. Google. You guys watch it. It's very 90s, so cheese, but it's, it's uh, amazing. It's a college football movie, so PJ, right up your alley. 
And it goes through all the drama that goes on on these campuses and the star quarterback, but he has a drinking problem. And then what your star linebacker gets hurt. There's another defensive end that's like on roids and the coach finds out. Uh, it's a, it has a very uh, a good cast. Omar Epps is in it. I mean, it's Halle Berry's in it. It's a good movie, but no one ever, ever talks about it. And I'm blown away. There's another one in the 90s called Blue Chips as well. I'm sure you guys heard of that. That one I remember, yep. Um, with Shaq and Nick Nolte is a good one. But check out the program. Anyone listening to this that's under yeah, the well, age of 35, go look it up. <laughs> All right. Great recommendation. And like, like PJ said, we always end with a trivia question here as we wind it down. Uh, big SEC week, Georgia Bama, like we've talked about plenty. So we want an SEC football question for you. You got three strikes or 90 seconds. So since 2010, either Georgia or Bama, sometimes both, have been in the SEC title every year except for two times where neither of them made it. So from 2010 to 2019, only two SEC title games that had neither Bama or Georgia. You don't have to tell us the year because that could be tough. But can you tell us the matchup in those two games that did not feature Bama and Georgia? Auburn. LSU? No. Oh, this is tough. PJ gave you a tough one for this one. They played <laughs> each other? The two teams played each other? Uh, yeah. So it was... Was it a combo of a team playing Alabama, a team playing... No, no, no. no. The opposite. The exact opposite all but twice, only two times from 2010 to 2019, that neither Bama or Georgia made it. So those okay. two years, what was the matchup? Oh, man. That's so you're tough. on the right track with Auburn, and then it's yeah. two teams from the SEC East. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to even imagine PJ without Georgia. PJ came out firing at you for this one. I saw it, and I was like, damn, PJ's really going in on trap for this. Who is it? Tell me. Uh, so 2010 was Cam's Auburn Tigers yeah. versus South Carolina, the Spurrier, oh. Jadavian Clowney team. And then oh. 2013 was Auburn again, and they played Missouri. Right as they were entering the SEC, Gary Pinkle was the coach. It was Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Michael here. Sam. They yep. had Matty Malk there. That was their team. What awful. It he doesn't even sound right with those. Those yeah. teams are awful. <laughs> Does. <laughs> I got I remembered Albert I always look at it before we come on so I could see how mean PJ decided to be to our guest but uh I got miss I got Missouri Albert I couldn't remember South Carolina yeah Auburn's easy Auburn. and good for you to get Missouri I mean they, I don't even think SEC I don't even think SEC when I think them oh I'm with you. yeah that's not they're one of the newcomers that everybody just overlooks but hey uh, PJ are you buying Tennessee no, I love Kentucky Garrett, plus six. Here, look at this right here. Anybody who watches on YouTube, St. Joseph Regional Green Knights. We played four years against Jarrett Garantano, went to Bergen Catholic, never saw the hype in that kid. And if you ever listen to this, I hope you don't come to me. Understand my job that I'm coming out here and just talking about it. Never saw the hype in him. I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm sure he's got a bright future after football. But I, I cannot fathom, and kudos to him for being the starter at Tennessee. But I have never been able to fathom how he is the starter and looked at as the guy at an SEC program. I've never understood it. Because they had nothing, bro. They well, had I know. Nothing. I know. Well, he well, was our biggest Pulitz. rival, and, and he beat us a couple times, uh, made a glass in high school, broke his wrist a couple times. But kudos to him. I'm sure he's a great kid. But, uh, yeah, that, I, I've never understood the hype around him. 
Pruitt's a good coach, Trav. They got a great offensive line, but this week against Kentucky is a terrible spot for them because they just played Georgia. They got Bama next week. Perfect sandwich. But they might lose, honestly. Kentucky might beat them outright. And then um, I love Mississippi State this week, too. A&M came off playing Bama and Florida back-to-back. Mississippi State's been struggling. Um, they might lose that one too. Yeah, anybody who's been with us for 20 episodes knows that we record these via Zoom and we've got a 40-minute time limit. And I see it ticking down to 320, and we're going to milk every second out of here, <laughs> here Trav. So uh, my train that I've been riding so far has been Coastal Carolina. Uh, a couple of my friends went there, so I've always kind of kept tabs on them, and they are 4-0. and They've won all four games on national TV. They're going to be ranked next week. Um, so that's a team to keep an eye on as well in the, in, in the, in the fun belt. You guys got to have Jinx on too. He, uh, this guy pulls like division two games of teams I've never heard of and bets them and hits them. So you guys, uh, you guys could do a full 40 minutes with Jinx on rando college. <laughs> Fantastic. Have you been you doing it so give far us, with your you betting? You've us episode 22 right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been doing good, man. Um, the, the podcast is awesome. It really is a DC book and bet podcast. We're just a local um, sports betting podcast, quite frankly. We, we really try to lock in on Washington football team and Ravens and all the local teams. And we talk everybody, too, but we try to really focus in on, on them. And, and you two know what it's like when Jinx and I get together. So there's yeah. a lot of, <laughs> so much fun. There's a uh, lot of entertainment on that show. I'll just say that. Hey, maybe, maybe depending on what the climate is like with the virus and things opening, not opening, you might have – birthed an idea the four of us go to fogo one night when when i'm back up there in a couple weeks i'll be back i'll be back in mid-november so uh absolutely trav did you see they released the uh photos today for the sports book down at cap one did you get a chance to see those i did see that i did see that yeah that would be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it we're getting the warning for less than a minute trav we can't thank you enough for coming on it's been awesome getting to talk to you great seeing you trav first time in nine months that i've even gotten to see you so it's awesome (laughs) Can't wait to get back and see you again in person at some point. Yeah, for sure. And you guys know, anytime you want me on, I'm I'm here, man. Just let me know. I'd love to come on. I'm a big fan and talking betting anytime. You know I'm in. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Trav. Stay well, man. All right, guys. You too. Okay. Like when I tossed to it, I just said, here, just enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. And, and now you see why. Travis is one of the nicest, funniest, oh, the man. overall best guys we've ever gotten him. to work with. Yeah, he uh, really is. PJ, I don't know how much we had to pay him to say all those kind <laughs> words about us at the beginning. So uh, nice. <laughs> that came out of nowhere and the testament just to how great of a guy Trav is. And yeah. uh, like I said, when I tossed to it, because again, we recorded that before we recorded our segments for the night. So I knew it was coming to tee it up. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'm sure you did. And PJ, a lot to unwrap from that conversation. Where do you even want to start? <laughs> I mean, just so much. It was so good to see him. You were talking about how you hadn't seen him in nine months. Nine months. I haven't seen him since March, I guess. So it was, it was great seeing him. Um, I just love how he gives it to you straight, you know? Yep. I mean, we've had so many sports media people on here, and they're so wired to give the trained, you know, appropriate answer. Travel just be like, they suck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, the big like what he said there, no, when, I, when, I, when I made note of Trevor Lawrence being a Peyton Manning guy and Manning right. scoring the Jets, he just straight up said, Peyton was a douche and Trevor Lawrence isn't. Like, who's going to say that? Trav will say that. Love that. So he just gives it to you straight. Um, he made a lot of good points, though. I thought, um, I thought it was really good point when he was talking about uh, 
the NFL um, draft and how – look, I mean, Trevor's going one unless, you know, the Jets will be, will be an interesting decision, obviously, with Darnold there. But if anybody else goes one, I mean, it's, it's going to be Trevor. Talking about the kind of person he is, how he's displayed that leadership, um, I think it's only helped him. But it was, it was great talking to him. And plenty to talk about as far as things go in baseball. I mentioned – while we were interviewing Travis that I on the corner of my eye, I got Ray's Astros up. And as we were talking about his picks, the end of that conversation, G-Man Choi pimped one to tie it up at three in the eighth inning. And it's currently top nine, two outs, runner on second for the Rays. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep you updated. A live play by play that uh, <laughs> after, by the time you listen to this, it'll be obsolete. Either the Rays or Astros will have won unless we're in the 73rd inning and the sun is rising once again. But uh, uh, as of now, three, three, Top nine. Come on, Tampa. Let's go. Please be. On the flip side, Braves, Dodgers. A very interesting series, to say the least, the way it started with the first two games going to the Braves and then the Dodgers coming out and just lighting the Braves on fire last night. Uh, So for as weird as a a baseball season as it's been, we've gotten some really good playoff action. And there's really no complaints to be had about that. Yeah. Playoff baseball never disappoints. It really doesn't. It's so good. It's funny, I kind of forgot that the baseball game started at 5 o'clock yesterday on, on ESPN, and, you know, the ticker comes on. It's like Dodgers up one nothing, 2 nothing. I didn't change it. Next thing I know, it's 7 nothing, 11 nothing. I'm like, well, <laughs> not watching that game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's over. So, uh, but the Dodgers offense is just so special. It was only a matter of time before they can, could start scoring runs. The big question was going to be their pitching. They got a little bit of a scare when Kershaw didn't start game three and a must win, but the offense took things into their own hands and made it serious again. And Joe, would you say tonight is a must win for Atlanta? For Atlanta, yes. For the Dodgers, no. The Dodgers could absolutely come back from down three to one. If the series is 2-2, it probably ends 4-2 and the Braves don't win another game. If they win tonight, the Dodgers, we will not see a game seven. It'll be done in wow. six. They'll just ra- rally them all, the bats, the pitching, all coming together. Total avalanche if they win tonight. It was really an avalanche. La- I mean, ever since the ninth inning of uh, the previous game when they scored the four runs, made it tight in the end, Melanson got out of it, and then they come out with an 11 spot in the first inning the next night. So in consecutive innings combined, they put up 15 runs from the ninth inning in game two and the first inning of game three. So it's a must win for the Braves if they lose – game over in six I mean I think the Braves will get another one again I told you that I'm always looking for who's the Virginia UMBC who's the lightning and the Braves again I just my mind that 10 spot that they gave up against St. Louis they took the first two games against the Dodgers and I'm like maybe this is their year because we talked about how easy the route looked for the Dodgers and it's just, it's never that easy. There's always a speed bump. So maybe Atlanta takes them out and uh, they play Tampa in the World Series. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I'm kind of in the mindset Atlanta's really got to win this game for you make it a best of three with the Dodgers. You just, you can't feel good about your chances. So I think they got to win the night. Yeah, I think if it's Dodgers, Rays, it's probably a very good, fun series but the Dodgers take care of business in six with the Rays barely pushing it to a sixth. If it's Braves Rays, then it's certainly, I think 
going seven. I really would feel confident in that series going seven of Braves Rays. I think that would be a really fun, tight, can't really figure it out matchup. The Dodgers, at some point, the, the, the Rays are the little engine that could, and it's fun watching them. At some point, you go against the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers. That the payroll discrepancy is going to catch up to you at some point. You, you just Yo, you like. talk about the payroll. They just put Moneyball on Netflix. It did. I forgot did. how good that movie was. Such an incredible movie. Chris Pratt is Scott Attenberg, yes. and it blew my mind. Well, you <laughs> know, I saw that movie. movie. I saw that movie when I was a kid, and I really hadn't seen Chris Pratt much. I think the first thing I'd seen him in was like Parks and Rec. I'm sure there was something else, but that's like the first thing that comes yeah. to mind. But I'm watching Moneyball. I'm like, holy sh! Chris Pratt, <laughs> Scott Attenberg. <laughs> Such a good movie, though. I mean, Jonah Hill as Peter Brand. Perfect. Pratt Hit. I mean, who would ever think he would be so good as a baseball? He's pretty damn. It's such a good movie. So, Joe, whenever you get a chance, uh, I'm glad you went and you saw it was on Netflix. But for everybody who didn't know, watch it again. When you get a free two hours, fantastic. If you've never seen it, see it. If you've seen oh, it, see it again. So Very good. <laughs> because it just breaks down how these small market teams have to think. You know, it's just such a great scene in the movie yes. where they're trying to replace Johnny Damon and Jason Giambi and Jason Ingrenhaus and the Oakland A's are. And all the scouts are trying to think like the Yankees are. Who are we going to pay? This sort And, you know, Brad Pitt's like, we can't think like the Yankees. We have to try and find a way to find the Randy yeah. Rosarenas and the G-Man oh. Choys. I mean, that's what it is. And the Brassos, like, you know, all right. these guys. And right. it's, it's great, but unfortunately – how many championships has it yielded for the A's and the Rays? I know. So I know. it's again, it's again. You just wait for that other shoe to drop and the rug to be pulled out from underneath you. And if they go up against the Dodgers, the bats for the Dodgers are just relentless. The Rays, more so than any other team, they have a great bullpen, yes, but they overwork that bullpen because they keep churning through it. I know. And just the fatigue, no days off between games, oh, the travel days. So brutal. So it's good. It's just going to run out of steam here, and that's if they get past the Astros. Um, odds are certainly in their favor. It's three to one. It's bottom nine, tied three three right now. So even if they lose tonight, they still have right. to lose two more. But the doubt starts to creep into your mind if after sure does. three nothing, it's you now three that you lose. Yep, exactly it like the starts. Lakers against the Heat. You better close it out in Game Six if you lose tonight, because if it goes seven, especially in baseball, Astros, Astros come out and do what the Dodgers did and put up a nine spot in the first inning. Uh, like last year, like you mentioned with the Braves and Cardinals, and it's over. Right. So, exactly uh, right. Hopefully the Rays at least get to the World Series. It'd be a lot of fun. The storyline of Dodgers against them, Moneyball versus money. Uh, <laughs> and, Actually, and, though, yeah. Mookie Betts makes more than their entire team, I'm sure. Just about everybody on the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Entire roster for the Rays. So, That's pretty sure. Uh, baseball winding down, basketball's done, hockey's been done. At least the off-seasons for those will pick up. Uh, but football, we're in the thick of football. The NFL is into week six. Your ex-running back league. found a new home today. Yes, I was just getting to that. Le'Veon Bell, another one set free from the prison that is the New York Jets under Adam Gase. And I just, I mean, Oy. every player that leaves Adam Gase, Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, just the list goes on. And all these guys. Williams for the Chiefs could have been a Super Bowl MVP last year. It was huge for them down the stretch. Uh, every guy that leaves Adam Gase, Robbie Anderson on pace for 1,500 yards God, he's been right great now in the fantasy. Panthers. So Hell yeah. It's, uh, 
It's it's. So I do think they cover this through. week, though. Flacco's going to we'll, get that we'll back get door, PJ. baby. PJ will get there. PJ will get to that. You know my thoughts on that. I know. Put that one in Sharpie as one of my best well, bets of the week. It's again. almost not even the best bets segments anymore. It's the Jets bets is what it well, is. I, at this point, it's – at this point, it's, okay, what are the other four, four games right. going to pick besides against the Jets? Uh, right. We'll get there. But we will. let me on the Chiefs. I mean, yeah. people have made the analogy of the Chiefs being like Thanos in Avengers, dropping that last Infinity Stone into the glove. We already thought they had all the stones once they got Clyde Edwards a lair, and they somehow found something else now in Le'Veon Bell, who's just older, more polished Clyde Edwards a lair. Who's still going to play second fiddle to Alaire, but is incredibly dangerous in his own right. He'll be in there on third downs for blitz pickups. He could be used as a slot receiver. If something happens to Alaire, he could take over. Maybe he's rejuvenated now in the same way that, oh, another name I forgot, Jay Ajayi was when he helped lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl after he was banished from the Adam Gase led Dolphins. You're seeing a pattern here of how things work out. I believe Adam. Yeah, okay. Um, So it's. It's going to be interesting to see how he factors in with the Chiefs. Um, anybody who plays fantasy in a dynasty league, this might be the time to strike while the iron's hot and trade for Clyde Edwards-Alaire because whoever's the owner of Clyde Edwards-Alaire in your league might be like, oh, crap, he might not do so much now. He right. probably still will. Yeah. He probably still will. Um, Correa, Wall, gone, walk off for the Astros. Oh. Um, and are they really going to come back and win this? Now I am we're not in happy. Game six, I so am not happy. That's going to be the bear of bad news. Tampa. But, uh, America's team. <laughs> don't do this to me. Oh, did you but, see, uh, uh, totally off topic. Did you see the, um, the Senator at the Supreme court house hearing who was crapping on the Astros? I did. That was I outstanding. Did. I did. Sorry. Back uh, to you. But yes, no, uh, he'll Please. be good. Edward Delaire, you can probably get him on the cheap right now because people will be thinking that, oh, he's not going to do much, and you have him for the future still because the future for Bell probably doesn't exist. The Chiefs will probably sign elsewhere after this year. Right. Um, but it's going to be really fun to watch that offense go. It was Rich get richer, Joe. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes yep. needed another weapon. That's what Absolutely. he needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was – you know, I really thought Le'Veon would go to Miami. I understand why he went to Kansas City, but I just thought from being there – kind of seeing what the Dolphins are doing, maybe the appeal of playing with Tua and seeing what Burrow and Herbert are doing and trusting that maybe he's going to turn out to be pretty good. But, again, he wants a ring. You can't blame him for going to Kansas City. Um, but it will be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Allaire because I think when Fournette went to Tampa, a lot of people saw him taking a lot of touches from Ronald Jones away. And he's been injured the past couple of weeks. But even so, that really hasn't happened too much. They've still stuck with Jones for the most part. So we'll see what, uh, what the correlation between those two teams are. I talk about the Ronald Jones and the Bucks. That's the big game of the week. I guess Chiefs-Bills as well, but definitely Packers-Bucks is the marquee game of the week. Joe, do the Packers lose their first game of the season? If they weren't coming off a bye, I'd say maybe. If the Bucks looked better even in their wins, I'd say maybe. But I'll have to ride with the Packers here just because they've looked totally dominant. They're coming off the bye, and the Bucs haven't been convincing. They just really haven't. I mean, Brady has forgotten what down it is, which was astonishing. And uh, That's bad. He's had his great games like he did against the Chargers. But overall, they haven't been as dominant as we thought. It's looking like we thought it was going to look where they'd start slowly and then build up. 
but it took a couple steps forward against the Chargers, and then they took a couple giant steps back against the Bears. So I don't really know how to read them yet. Uh, I think whatever their bye week is, really at that point they'll start clicking right after that once they get a week to regroup. Who knows when that bye is as bye weeks and games are shuffling around uh, like crazy right now. But I'll have to say the Packers now, especially coming off of a bye, they've looked totally dominant. They had an extra week to prepare. The Bucks, I guess, in essence, had the mini bye because they played Thursday. But still, coming off of a true bye week for the Packers. And a bye week this year, something to keep in the back of your minds as the season goes along. Curious to see if teams coming off a bye this year have much better records than teams in past years coming off a bye. Because in the past, bye week is you go travel to see your parents who live four states away and you decompress. Right. Aaron Rodgers was on and, and Robert Tanyan was on. They asked them, the reporters, what do you do in your bye week? As if they were, you know, had normal bye week plans. And they were honest. They were like, this isn't a normal year for bye weeks. We can't go anywhere. We have to stay here. Great so point. you wonder if there was, if that meant more days in the facility, if that meant more days studying film. So curious to see this year, if you see teams usually are obviously good coming off a of bye anyway. Curious if you see an uptick in winning percentage off of a bye because now there is no mini vacation you're taking. You are stuck there. And maybe that lends itself to even more prep than usual. So something to keep in the back of your mind. Maybe we'll tally it up as the season goes along. But the Packers coming off the bye, a true bye against the Bucs. I got to go to the Packers. What's crazy, if the Bucs lose this game and Carolina wins, Panthers on first place. In the I NFL. know. Wow, that is and next much. week, another team coming off a bye. Next week, it'll be the Saints off of a bye, getting Michael Thomas back at home, possibly in Baton Rouge, uh, against the Panthers. Mm. That's a huge game. Then next that, that would be a really big game. Um, yeah, good for the Panthers. I think I'm leaning Bucks. Um, I feel like a lot of people be on the Packers. The thing that's the telling sign for me, the look-ahead line of this game was Tampa minus three. Bucks did lose to the Bears, but, I mean, they controlled the game. They were up 13 in the first half. That turnover at the end of the half killed them. Game they easily could have won. And then all the Packers did was beat Atlanta at home. On Monday night, I mean, something they were supposed to do. So now the spread has swung all the way to Green Bay, minus a point and a half. So it's swung four and a half points because the Bucks lost the game and the Packers won a home Monday night game. Just, I don't know. Something seems wrong. The, the Packers coming off a bye is, is the key. I'm not touching the game because of that. Um, but, uh, I mean, the Packers have looked really good. Aaron Jones may be the most underrated player in football. I mean, honestly. He might be. We don't talk about him as the best running back in football, but he is slowly – I mean, you talk about all-purpose back, running, receiving, how much he means to that offense. That guy's pretty damn good. Um, so, it, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big game. Personally, I'm looking more forward to Chiefs-Bills because both those teams are coming off of losses. Josh Allen, obviously, he's made such a big leap this season. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kansas City just laying an egg at home in Vegas, man. That was something that you just could not see coming. And uh, now Buffalo got to regroup after just a horrible performance against the Titans. Um, it's a big game for both teams because, look, the Titans – I mean, again, the number one seed in the AFC is so huge, huge this year because you get the – especially if they go to a bubble. Um, yes. You know, so that, that game off is going to be massive. So games like this, when you got two teams that probably and win it, their division. 
huge. And it could be it could be a double buy if you think about it, because if this rumored week 18 has to happen, if the number one seed's already wrapped up, you're not playing week 18. True. You're not playing the next week because you have a buy. So it's really almost – it could possibly be a double buy getting that one, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Right. You, you, you want to stay in rhythm if you're in rhythm. But uh, speaking of regrouping, uh, I have to regroup from the picks after I started Woo! not – Well, one of us do. We are one pick apart now only. I'm 11 and 14. You're 10 and 15 in best bets. You could have gone five for five if OU and Texas weren't tied at the half. Yeah. You were getting yeah. the hook I and just... the hook only. Um, that probably had to suck for you. I, Little bit. I went two and three. I am convinced I would have gone three and two if not for the unfortunate injury to Dak. That game was definitely going the Cowboys' way, and it was the fumble on the snap in the first full drive for Andy Dalton that allowed the Giants to even stay in that game and get that touchdown to, to make it what they did. Uh, so, you know what, overall – and even my other loss, I'm, I'm rationalizing here, but the Bucks minus three against the Bears, that didn't seem like it was going to be a problem until late. Oh, and as far as uh, uh, coaches go, Bruce Arians, what are you doing, man? I mean, you went for it on fourth and inches at your own 20, but you wouldn't go for it then, fourth and one at like the 15 or whatever it was, or, you know, even closer. Was it, it was he set up for the 10. field goal. Yeah. He settled for the field goal to go up two, and it screwed them in the end. Right. The right. Jets, same thing the previous week, did it against – the Broncos, and same thing, the Broncos came down and scored. So it, in that case, it, the, the argument, and that was with like five minutes up on the clock, the argument for kicking the field goal is I trust my defense. We're going to hold them. They're not even going to get a field goal. The two points that were up is going to be enough. But if you trust your defense, that means you trust that same defense to get you the ball back if you fail to convert on fourth and one, and now the opponent gets the ball first and ten at their own nine with five minutes left. So if you trust your defense to stop them with the lead, you also trust that same defense to stop them and get you the ball back in great field position because if you force them to go three and out, they're punting from the shadow of their own goalposts. So it just doesn't make any sense to me to kick the field goal there, especially with an offense like that. You can't pick up a yard. I mean, again, also for a coach like Arians, who's a noted gambler when it comes to decisions like that, and went for it. Again, fourth and inches at his own 20 early in the game. That was so a head scratcher. When you, when you get away from who you are, you start making mistakes like that. Stick to who you are, and good things could happen. I mean, good things happen on that fourth and inches at his own 20. Fourth and one, the offense had been moving the ball down the field. Gronk has had a big catch on third and 17. Line them up, see what you can get. And if not, that defense that you trusted to keep it a two-point lead, they get you the ball back in good field position. So, I don't know. Right. Coaches – Coaches got to stop kicking. And, they got to stop being concerned. Play to win and not play. And shout out to Zimmer for doing that in the Sunday night game. Madison had a horrible had read a, on that play. He if he bounces read. it out, oh. He had a bad read, and yeah. it still took a great play by the Seahawks defense to stop him by, yeah. like, a Gene Sterator index card. Right. Um, <laughs> and Even still, they had, they had, they had over two fourth downs. Yeah, they had, they had over 200 yards all night. Russell yeah. Wilson saw the convert multiple fourth downs. The argument for kicking the field goal would have been they would have to score a touchdown and get the two, which they missed the two, sure. But it, you pick up an inch, and the game is over. Over, over, done, done, yeah. no shot. I'm you still you. even leave the door slightly open by kicking the field goal. Right. If, you, if you can't pick up an inch, and then even if you miss that, if you can't stop them from going 85 yards, you don't deserve to win the ball game. period. Sure. So 
I like the decision. Uh, I'm, with, I'm always go for it. Let's get to our best bets. I'm with you. All right, Joe, my number five, I told uh, Travis Thomas, he asked me if I thought Tennessee was the real deal. I think they're a good team, but I love the spot for Kentucky. Tennessee had Georgia last week. They have Bama next week. Kentucky just came off a great win against Mississippi State. Their defense looks awesome. Tennessee, a physical game last week. You know you're going to have a physical game next week, and Kentucky is a physical team. Take the points, plus six, good number, 27-21. You push, low-scoring game. I like the Cats to win. Possibly could pull the upset. All right. I'm a big fan of this pick this week. Travis mentioned it. The worst, luckiest 4-1 and one team of all time. <laughs> My pick number five is the Panthers minus one at home against the Bears. Don't see it from Chicago. Love what I'm seeing out of Carolina. I keep forgetting when I look at the standings that the Bears are 4-1. and one. It makes no sense to me. None. Uh, minus one Panthers at home. I, yeah, I Bill really Parcells like saying your record is what you, well, your record shows. You are what your record says you are. Thank you. Not necessarily true. Not necessarily. If you see the Bears play football, I don't know about all yeah. that. My number four, Joe, you know I normally don't bet my team, but I love them this week against the Eagles. Okay. I, I just love the matchup. Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback against the Blitz. What do the Ravens love to do on defense? Blitz. His, his receiving court, they're saying maybe you could get Alshon back, maybe Deshaun Jackson. I really don't think it'll matter. I think the Ravens' defense is going to suffocate Wentz. The offense needs to pick it up. They have not been very good the past couple weeks. They need to start running the ball. Lamar threw it 40 times last week when they were up 27 to nothing because that makes a lot of sense. Run the damn ball, play some good defense. We'll win this game by double digits. Let's go. All right, so going to the college ranks, I've been pretty much sticking with the NFL overall. But every now and then, I like to go down into college. And I was hesitant if I should make this pick because we don't know if the game is going to happen between Bama and Georgia. I'm going to make the pick under the assumption it does. If between recording this, tweeting our picks, it gets canceled, You'll make I, will, I will tweet out a, a replacement pick. Uh, but I really do like the Georgia money line for the reasons we talked about earlier. I don't have to rehash it, but I really do like Georgia money line. They're at plus 160 as of right now. Uh, so that is my number four pick. Uh, just tough spot for Bama, especially if Saban can't coach, even, you know, even if they still play and it's just somebody else takes the coaching duties. It's just a matter of all week. We're worrying about if our leader, Nick Saban, does he have COVID bad? Does he not? Uh, there's just so much else distracting them from the game at hand, which is playing against a damn good Georgia team that is hot right now. Uh, Georgia plus money. I'll take it. Mississippi state. Plus five against Texas A&M is my number three pick of the week. Love Mississippi State this week, Joe. A&M's coming off their biggest win under Jimbo. They played Bama two weeks ago. They got Florida last week, two top five teams. Now you got to go on the road to Mississippi State, who has looked horrendous on offense the past two weeks. You, their defense is playing really well, though. I think they're going to give Kellen Mond fits. I think they figure it out enough on offense. Might not win the game. I think they do, but I think this will be a close three, four-point game. I like Mississippi State plus five against a and All right, PJ. This year has been historic so far for offenses, so much so that odds makers have been baking in an extra couple of points 
inflating the totals because there's been so much scoring. Right. And even with the inflated totals, <laughs> it's still only 43 for Giants against Washington football team. Those offenses are horrible. In a year that has seen historic scoring, I hate taking it under. But in the same way that there's an exception to the Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are, there, there might be at least a couple exceptions this year to the always bet the over rule in the current climate of the NFL where there's just scoring galore and it's this game because both offenses are putrid. Uh, 43 with the inflated totals that we've been seeing. That means it's really probably around 39 or 40. I'm taking the under. This game has like 17, 13 giants written all over it. Uh, and it's not going to be pretty to watch. I advise no one to tune into this game, tune into Red Zone, tune into anything else. There's probably some paid programming on some channel that you could find. Tune into anything else besides Giants Washington football team. I like where your head's at. My only concern would be because these teams are so bad, it might be a high-scoring game. That's something you always have to watch out for. It does happen, but I think with both teams probably trying to be – running first in this game because the Giants O-line is going to struggle against the pass rush of the Washington football team. And the Washington football team has either Kyle Allen or one-legged Alex Smith because as awesome as it was to see him come back, you could tell he was not the same Alex Smith under that helmet and in the shoulder pads. So whoever they have at quarterback, uh, they're going to be also run heavy. So this could be one of those games where you're watching red zone and every game is like midway through the third quarter and this one is like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter just because there's so much running happening. Uh, and, and that yields itself to a low-scoring game as well. So I like the end. Fair enough. My number two, again, I'm going back to the SEC. It's been good to me so far. Auburn minus three at South Carolina. I think there's this perception right now that Auburn is not a good football team, which they might not be. They did not look good against Georgia. They should have lost last week against Arkansas. That was a fumble, by the way. Did you see that play that Bo Nix made? That was wild. That was a fumble. Arkansas got hosed. This, Joe, I can just see this game being the popular upset pick. I feel like people think Auburn got away with one last week. They don't think they're any good. South Carol, it's a eleven. Uh, well, it's a noon kick because it's Eastern Time, South Carolina. Early game in the heat. I just think it's going to be a trendy upset pick. So I like Auburn to cover the minus three on the road against the Gamecocks. All right, number two, going to Monday night. I love the Cowboys. They are even on the money line. Like that pick, dead even. Uh, It's a team that I think is going to get slighted when it comes to spreads going forward for the next two or so weeks. And then after that, people are going to take a step back and realize, oh, Andy Dalton's a perfect quarterback for the team, like we were saying with Trav. Um, I think he is absolutely perfect for this team. So just hand off to Zeke a ton. He's been just dominating. Andy Dalton tore it up with A.J. Green with the Bengals. He was always a very solid quarterback. Good game manager, not going to turn it over, can make the wow throw here and there. And he has CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and then Zeke to turn around and hand it off to. He'll be fine. They're even right now. The spread is plus one and a half. Take them even on the money line. Uh, The Cardinals, I like them. They're fun. They should be able to put up points against this Dallas defense. But the other thing here is just the emotional aspect of it. Mm. Dallas is going to come out amped up 
and ride the wave of playing for Dak and that mantra this year. You see it all the time in all sports that when a team is able to unite around that common thing and turn that negative into a positive, they're a dangerous team to play against. I always think back to the Rangers in 2014 when they were down 3-1 to one against a dominant Penguins team and they, Marty St. Louis' mom passed away right before Mother's Day, down 3-1. to one. Game five, they come out. He scores in the first five minutes on Mother's Day, days after his mom passed away. They win that series. They go on to get past the Canadians. They lose to the Kings in the final. But something like that happens. The team unites around something like that, an injury, a, mm-hmm. a tragedy, anything. Uh, especially the next game itself. I always like to pick that team. On that note, you know, about two weeks or so after Kobe's passing, like, I saw uh, Dara Ravel put something out of how many future bets came in on the Lakers to win the championship and look at how that ended up. Uh, just certain things like that that stick out in yep. sports where it's just bigger than the game itself. And I, that's why I really like Monday night, prime time, Dallas, home. You got to go to the Cowboys. And I think Dak's injury will turn Dallas into a running team, which they should yes, be. and that's what they should be. The defense doesn't have to play as many Exactly. Snaps. Control so, time of possession, win the game. Yep. My number one pick of the week, Joe, Sunday Night Football, has been good to me the past few weeks. I had the Eagles upset over the night. Well, I had the Eagles plus seven. I had Minnesota plus seven last week. San Francisco, my favorite play of the week. I absolutely love them this week against the Rams. I cannot see this team losing three straight home games. Can't see it, especially the way they got embarrassed last week against Miami. They're going to be ticked off, pissed. And they know they have to win this game, Joe, because the Seahawks are undefeated. The Rams are 4-1. and one, The Cardinals are 3. They have to win this game. I mean, this team right now is looking at the outside, looking into the playoff picture. This is the game, I think, that they've been looking at. They didn't take the Eagles serious. They didn't take the Dolphins serious. The Rams looked impressive last week against Washington in a spot that many people thought they'd lay an egg. I think the 49ers not only cover the 3.5 this week, I think they win the game outright. But take the points just in case you get a nice three and a hook to cover uh, in case it's a field goal. Yeah. All right. We said that this segment has turned into which of the four other games are you going to pick besides picking against the Jets? I've used four other games so far, so you know what this one is. Uh-huh. Miami Dolphins minus nine and a half at home against the Jets. Let me tell you why, PJ. God bless it. I've said that I don't care about the numbers when they're big, depending on who the team is. That, that goes here. First stat that I want to throw at you. In wow. his putrid career as an NFL head coach, Adam Gase has 30 wins. He has 31 double-digit losses. He has more double-digit losses than wins. His teams don't lose. His teams get bludgeoned, okay? <laughs> they are on the road in the heat. It's down where I am. It is hot here. It is humid. It is hot. Uh, on the road against Miami. Brian Fitzpatrick, former Jets quarterback, starting. Lighting it up right now. They just killed the Niners. This would be a spot where you say maybe they're due for a letdown. Not against these Jets. Donald's out again. Joe Flacco is a statue who, I mean, the offense itself is just horrible under Gase. The lone bright spot is Jamison Crowder. They just got rid of Bell. That is one thing that really weighs on my mind when making this pick. Not from a football standpoint. From a, if you go back and watch the press conferences of players this week, and when they were asked about Bell, all of them, you could see they were just dejected about it. Um, they, some of the quotes came out, 
Uh, yes, it was a surprising move. He's a beloved teammate. Shocked to see that happen. Uh, good luck to him. He was beloved in that locker room as a really good veteran who stuck up for the team when Jamal Adams uh, came out, said all that he did, and forced mm-hmm. his way out. Bell famously took to Twitter uh, to, to say, you know what, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. So for Bell to get to that point, he wanted out himself. He had to have absolutely been broken by Adam Gase and the organization and the teammates. You're going to see a clinic on Sunday of quitting on a head coach. All those players looking around the league, seeing Quinn get fired, seeing uh, the firing happen in, uh, down in Houston. And they're like, why don't we still have this clown as our head coach? So between that, between Bell going away, Gase also notoriously poor game planner. And on Sunday during the day is when they found out that they were now playing the Dolphins this week instead of the Chargers. So any advanced scouting they had done to start pre-prepping for the Chargers, that's out the window because it's the Mm -hmm. Dolphins. So you're already behind on your prep for the Dolphins. Literally everything is working against the Jets. This spread started at seven and a half. It's at nine and a half now. I still don't mind it. They're horrible. I was thinking about this today as to like what makes gay so bad. And the best analogy I could think of is if you give a handyman a bag of nails and a screwdriver, right? Screwdriver is not going to work with a nail. There's no little slit in the top. All right. It's not going to work. A good handyman, he flips that screwdriver over. He holds the metal end and he just starts whacking away at the nails with the handle. You can make, use it as a makeshift handle, right? Adam Gase would be the one to sit there and try turning the screwdriver into the nail to make it work. His offense is so vanilla. He has done nothing to try to accentuate the positives in it. He's just, this is my offense. I'm going to fit as many or at least try to fit as many square pegs into round holes as I can. And all it has led to is failure. I cannot wait until he's fired. Cannot wait until the future of the Jets after Adam Gase. And I can't I wait for that episode. The podcast I really episode. think, PJ, I keep getting my hopes up. I, I, think, <laughs> I think this could be the week. I think it's the Chiefs, week. right? When are the Chiefs? I think, Not next week, but the uh, one after. The eight, one after. They play the, they play the Bills and then the Chiefs. So it doesn't get any easier. Mm. But I, I think this could be the week just because there's so much going on. You already got two coaches fired. If Matt Patricia loses to the Jaguars this week, he'll get fired. So maybe the Johnsons look around and say, oh, we're not going to be the only team firing a coach so early, so it takes some of the heat off of us. Bell got cut. All the eyes are on the Jets right now. If they come out and get trounced against the Dolphins, I think it could come full circle. And get fired. (laughs) get fired against the team that he had previously gotten fired from. So – PJ, nine and this all started with me saying nine and a half. Of the Joe, we started this conversation a, it into a Yeah, it really did. Can you tell that I need to vent about the Jets? A little bit. Case closed, okay? <laughs> I mean, you have fully just. Hopefully. You said case closed? Hopefully after I this said week. Gaze it's closed. Gaze closed. Oh, you did I, say I did. I, I misheard that. Closed. I misheard that. Then I don't want to take credit for your genius pun. And there you go. Hashtag. Yep. <laughs> well done, Joe. Um, all right. Well, good luck to you. I hope you go four and one on your picks. Obviously, I want you to lose Georgia Moneyline. So we'll see. We'll see how you do. Trivia time, Joe. You've closed in the gap. I'm only up by one. Eight now. and a half to seven and a half. That is it correct. Is I wrote it down just to make sure that we knew. Yes. But you were on it. Eight and a half to seven and a half. Um, I can give you my question first if you want. Okay. I think it's a pretty easy one. I mean, you should you should get it. We'll see. All right. You know, I've been, that's, I've been that's, nice. That's usually, what, that's usually what you say before you give me 
Uh, who's the only team to lose week one three times in the last millennium? Like, that's usually what you say before that question. If you want that question, I can do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So we asked Travis a Georgia Bama question. I'm giving you a Brady Rogers question, kind of. Okay. Rodgers won the Super Bowl in 2011 with the Packers. Brady won the Super Bowl in 2015 with New England. In between their Super Bowls, can you tell me the three Super Bowls that were played and who the Super Bowl MVPs in those games were? Okay, so the 12, 13, 14 Super Bowls? Correct. Correct. Okay. 12, 13, 14. So this is just all about memory. If you can remember the Super Bowls. Okay. Time starts now. Yes. All right. So, in there is the Ravens and Joe Flacco. It is. 2013. Okay. That was one of them for sure. So, the year before and after Joe Flacco and the Ravens. After? So, the 15 Super Bowl that the Patriots won, they beat the Seahawks, who were going for the back-to-back. So, before that, it was the Seahawks – against the Broncos. And now the thing here is the linebacker won it and I'm blanking on his name. So I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alexander? Not Alexander. No, no. Who am I thinking of? One strike. That's right. the toughest part is yeah. that MVP. His name. You're on the right track. All right. All right. I know it was the quirky thing with the linebacker. Just a matter of remembering his name. Uh, got you... uh, 50 seconds. So All right. The year before the Ravens, 2012, that was the Giants and Eli Manning. It was. That is so great. now it's just a matter of can I remember the Super Bowl MVP of the Seahawks Super Bowl with the linebacker? That's all it and is. In, you got 25 seconds to do 25 it. 25 seconds? Yeah. Uh, he signed with, with the Raiders after it. Big deal. Never lived up to it. He did. Um, oh, my God. It's going to kill me. It's absolutely going to kill me. 10 seconds. Not KJ Wright. That's nope. two strikes. Five seconds? Uh, Malcolm Smith. Yes! At the moment! <laughs> you got it! Wow. Oh. Like 129.45. Oh. oh, my God. At the buzzer. Oh, my well, God. Well done. Well done. That was the hardest right. part. I figured you get the teams. <laughs> Could you get Malcolm Smith? Wow. Oh, God. I, as I started thinking through it and, like, putting context to him, it came to me because I'm like, all right, Seahawks. It's quirky. He was a linebacker. Signed a contract with the Raiders. Didn't live up to it. Like, I started, started building the case and remembering who he was. All right. Now I'm happy. Um, <laughs> now I'm happy. Y- your question, opposite of mine, where mine was, here's three, get all three. Yours has a lot of quantity to it. I want you to give me seven out of ten names. I don't think it's that – crazy maybe it's because i was able to go 10 for 10 when i was thinking about the question not to put any pressure on you uh maybe it's because i went 10 for 10 i think 7 out of 10 is reasonable um if i if you get 5 out of 10 i'm willing to put this proposition out there before we go for it if you get 5 out of 10 i'll give you a half point just no, because I'll seven, seven. you know what all right fine yeah. Why all right, i'm not even gonna offer you the half point then. all right here's your question because today Justin Herbert leapfrogged into the odds-on favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I looked at the Rookie of the Year awards for the last five years. Defensive, offensive, 10 total rookies of the year. Okay. I want you to give me seven of them. Oy. And it could, be, it could be seven offense, zero defense. 
It could be four and three, whatever, whatever right. the breakdown. Just seven of the right. ten, and your time starts now. All right. Uh, Aaron Donald, is he the last of that fifth year? Aaron Donald would have just missed it by one year. He was okay. I wasn't sure. Strike. One strike. Uh, I know uh, Marshawn Lattimore is on there. He is one of them. Um, let's see. I mean, who were the crap? I got to go through my head. All right. First overall, um, Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's one of them. Uh, and then the year before him was. Oi, oi, oi. Milwaukee. 40 seconds gone. Oy. I'll still give you the half if you get the five, even though, if, even though you didn't want it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to get, but let me see. I just can't think right now. The rookies, Kyler, and then the year before him was, uh, was is Deshaun Watson one of uh, them? Deshaun Watson is not. Mm. Two strikes, 30 seconds left. Uh, Barkley? Barkley is one of them. There you go, there's three. Okay. Uh, God, 20 defense, seconds left. man. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm not going to be uh, – Jamal Adams? No. Strike three. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, I always try to do it myself before I give you the question to see if I could get it. Uh, I was able to easily go through the offense of the last five years. Todd Gurley, Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Kyler Murray. I got through that. I struggled with the defense. I put my timer on. I got two strikes before I got through all the defenders. Uh, the one that tripped me up almost that I thought you were going to get because he's one of yours now was Marcus Peters in 2015. Marcus Peters, rookie of the year, 2015. Mm. What would have put you on the right tracks if you remembered one singular last name, Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, 2016-2019. You got Lattimore, and then the one in between there was Darius Leonard for the Colts. Mm. So I went, I went 10 for 10. You don't have to believe me on this, but it's what happened. I went 10 for 10. That's impressive. I went 10 for 10 at a minute 20 seconds with two strikes. So I pulled that one. Not quite at the same buzzer as Malcolm Smith, but I pulled it nearly at the buzzer. <laughs> I just forget, like, that those guys won rookie of the year, you know? Like, I yeah. can remember that they had good years, but I just can't remember if they won it. So The two strikes, the two strikes that I had gotten when I was going through it, uh, similar to you – I got Aaron Donald's a strike because, again, I thought it was also within the window. And I also got Odell Beckham Jr. as a strike because I thought it was within that window. But those two guys were both 2014. Gotcha. I knew C.J. Mosley was the same year as Aaron Donald, and Donald beat him. So, uh, but I couldn't remember if that was from five years ago or six. So you got me. Yeah, that was a good one. I just couldn't remember rookie of the years. Oh, right, well, PJ, we're back to tied. Yeah, I'm not happy about you, it. Eight and a half, the, eight you, and a half. You, you closed the gap in bets, only one apart, and now we're tied in the in I know. I'm choking like the Falcons. <laughs> I had a first half lead. You know that. what? Maybe I'll give you a Falcons trivia question next week just to rub it in somewhere. There you go. You probably should. I first half right. I'll do good the first 40 seconds. The next 50 won't be so good. Oh, man. That was good. All right, Joe. 21 episodes in the books. Had Travis Thomas on. A lot of fun. Bama, Georgia this week. Jets. Maybe. Dolph yeah, maybe. Seriously. Hopefully. Jets, Dolphins this week. Um, Joe, let me tell you what. The Jets win. They're going to knock out a whole lot of people in survivor pools. They will. A whole yeah, lot of will. people. 
That's what's tempting me of not taking the Dolphins. But then again, who else would I take? The spreads it's New this week and Miami this week. So funky. There's Pittsburgh. no double digit spread. No double digit spread. Right. The biggest spreads are nine and a half Patriots home Broncos, nine and a half Dolphins home Jets. The Titans are a three point favorite home against Houston. How does that make any sense? Pittsburgh's a three point favorite home against Cleveland. How does that? I mean, there are just certain spreads that I'm very just saying, tight. What does Vegas know? So yeah. I almost have to take the Dolphins out of default because obviously I won't use them again. And you know what, Joe? If Flacco takes me out, then so be it. I'm going hey, down. You know what? In the, we're in the same pool, and you, you might not even have to be paying attention here because people who have one strike only come back into the mix sure. if everybody gets a strike, and I am one of 13 people still with no strike. So you might not even come back into the mix, my friend. You might just be stressing over these picks for nothing if, if I or someone else just I 100% perfect. am. I mean, I'm not going to win this thing, but, you know. Just because, I, just because I said that, the Jets are somehow going to – no, I'm not even worried. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> not even worried. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks again to Travis Thomas and all the wonderful things that he said to us. That, yes. was, very, that was very, very nice of him. Uh, Joe, good luck on your bets this week, except the you Georgia well. one. I hope you win right. that one. Um, but everything else, good luck to you. Congrats again on the MLS gig. Well deserved, Thank sir. You. And uh, let's go Tampa tomorrow, please. You got to win game six. Don't push this to seven. <laughs> oh, Joe, it's not good. On to episode 22. And uh, PJ, we made it through episode 21. Now we're a little Taylor Swift feeling 22. Maybe Travis Thomas planted our guest <laughs> seed potentially. He tossed up his partner, Michael Jenkins, to I us. Know. We'll have to, I'll have to see that one through. You get and to talk some coastal back. with him. Yeah. It could be. You know, we might have to do that. So stay tuned next week to find out if it's Michael Jenkins. Hope you enjoyed episode 21. Same place next week, everybody.